0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Causey's Conversations. I am Jared, and I am joined by my good friend and brother in Christ, and I don't want to say pastor because that's technically the wrong title, but I kind of view you as one of my pastors, honestly. Uh, but this is Dawson here. He's like, <laughs> what, what's your official title?
1: Uh, I'm a, Now my official title is student director.
0: Right. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't want to so, announce, like I didn't want to say yeah, it on the yeah. podcast. Because no, it's,
1: it's, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. It was announced tonight. It's effective immediately. Since right, our pastor. So
0: right. Okay. So he is now the student ministry director. Yes. Okay. And I used to have that title not at Gracie, of course, but I had it at uh, Houston River, and uh, that was a while back. So um, I want. I'm. I'm really interested to see how your, you know, your responsibilities evolve over this next year. I'm. I'm really, really interested in that. Just to see that.
1: Yeah, so our structure is pretty interesting. So I mean, we we won't. I will probably teach forty percent of the time, or maybe fifty percent of the time. I won't be teaching every Wednesday. Uh, you'll be teaching some in there, I believe.
0: Uh, I did not know this, Landon
1: no. and Aaron, and you know, yeah. we, we have right. we try to get our elders involved. Yeah. And so we, yeah. we avoid the rock star youth pastor like model that's been modeled from the '90s. That, yeah. That, Cripples kids when they leave the ministry. Um, yeah, yeah so it's kind of like the, the the worst. Dude,
0: that's that's so that's a great that's a great uh, that's a great decision. I mean, I really, but you know, kind of the ironic thing about that is you look like a rock star. Um, <laughs> a little hipster. Yeah, for yeah. those that do not know Dawson, what he looks like, he has like that hipster haircut. What's that? Is it what is that called? The so, hairstyle?
1: High and tight, I guess. <laughs> or, I don't know, man. Like a pomp.
0: Yeah. Something like that. He has gauges. You don't have gauges in right now, do you? I have them in right now. now and, but he has tats and stuff, so um, I'm about to get it. No, I'm joking. I'm not about to get any tats. Don't worry, Mom and Dad. Uh, I don't, I'm not getting any tats. Uh, this
1: dude, every episode, he's all about the tats. He yeah. secretly wants one.
0: No. I, I'm not. I'm. That's not, dude, That's not my jam. I can't pull that off like you do. Like I, I cannot pull. The you could th- get a neck tap. I could see it Something mm. right on your throat. Some Hebrew. <laughs> Some Hebrew. Yeah. You know it's so funny, Dawson. You're you pull off the hipster look, but you're also like a country boy. You're like a rancher. I mean, yeah. Like,
1: so so today
0: that's so fascinating.
1: My mom was over trying to trying to wrangle up a sheep that was at our house, <laughs> and so I got cuts all over my legs because oh. I tackled it. like straight up sacked it.
0: Oh my god! And then
1: it was so strong. I had it in a chokehold until it passed out on me. Uh, so yeah, like I just did that, and then I put on my skinny jeans and I went to church. I'm gonna know, I'm so. gonna
0: advertise this episode as the story about Dawson tackling a sheep. Kind of a shepherd move. Yeah, so, I mean not a pastor, but shepherding. Yeah. Yeah. So you are a shepherd. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. That it's like so so cool. Like you're like you have that like style of a hipster, but at, down in your. Your are your hearth. You're a uh, country boy, a rancher, a yeah, yeah, farmer.
1: Everyone who's uh, like an Office fan, um, they always want to identify with, with uh, Jim and Pam, but really secretly I'm just a Dwight Schrute.
0: Yeah, that's... That's, you know... See kind of lame. I don't. I don't like Jim. I don't like Jim. I think he's the typical like, m- like 21st century modern day man. And he like honestly doesn't give a rip about anyone but himself and... You know Pam, and like he doesn't—he just doesn't care about other people. He makes fun of other people, kind of looks down on people when they're succeeding and stuff like that. Like he's That's the typical—he's the typical modern-day man that is, I think, anti—anti-gospel or anti-Christian. That's a really a, interesting take. Yeah, I mean. He couldn't that, do
1: as many push-ups as Stanley, so that tells you something about it. There you it. go. Yeah, see?
0: Exactly. I think The Office did it on purpose to show that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of an Office fan. Like, well, I am, but I haven't finished it yet, so I need to do that. Oh, I've I mean, finished it too many times. It's sinful. <laughs> I have, I have. Yeah, I have erased my Netflix
1: and everything. It was, a, it was an idol. And, uh, it is really not a great show anyway, probably for your mind. but
0: yeah. Well, I I don't really watch a whole lot of Netflix anymore. Um, I'm more of a gamer. I'm a gamer. Uh, ah. 2K. 2K20 is coming out in a, in a few weeks, so getting ready for that.
1: I don't have any game consoles in my yeah. house. I have yeah. not had a game console since I was
0: Yeah, I have a Nintendo 64 18. somewhere around here. Uh, I got, got some the- GoldenEye. I have that. Dude, I, I'm trying to find it, though. I need to find it. It's DK some- mode? Oh, man. Oh, yes. Donkey Kong. Oh, man. I remember... I, I, the first time I ever saw that, I was like a little kid, and I saw them like, "What in the world is going on? <laughs> like, what is this? Like, it played that
1: the other day. The graphics are so terrible. It's, it's
0: amazing though. It's, it's like the most amazing game ever. bit. It's it's a beautiful game. <clears throat> so, um, before we get on kind of our topic here, um, or topics, I guess. Um, so most people listening to this probably, I don't know if they would know you. Some of them would, you know. Uh, shout out to the Grace View Church members. Uh, yeah <laughs> but uh so like most of uh most of them would probably not know you though so like tell like if you could like um just you know however long you want to like kind of give like a you know overview of your testimony how you came to know christ how you got to where you are now and um you know etc
1: yeah yeah so uh i was born and raised here in texas um just down the road from from here in fort worth um Raised in a like what you would consider a Christian ish household. My dad was a deacon and parents served in the church. Uh, We grew up in a much more like charismatic leaning church. uh, Very lacking in accountability for my father, and so there's a lot of abuse that took place when we were children at his hands. Um, He suffered from, or he still suffers from, bipolar disorder as well as schizophrenic tendencies and there there was a lot of there's a lot of mental health issues there and so growing up in a household that was just chaotic and always on the rocks it was it was uh we were primed for some struggles and so as a teenager um began to, to dabble with drugs and i never really even liked alcohol as a teenager i just wanted to escape the world mostly it wasn't like it wasn't social or recreational. Um, my brother was older than me, so he was already doing a lot of different drugs, and so I would just steal his drugs, and then it's like I'm doing two immoral things at once.
0: So you, not only were you, were you a druggie, you I were was a thief. A thief. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. So I would steal my brother's uh, drugs, whatever he had—opiates or, or marijuana or whatever, um, or Adderall, whatever he had. Right, so
0: right.
1: Begin to experiment and. I was really active in the church uh, at that time. I was helping lead worship and everything else. I was like 13, 14 years old. And I was riddled with guilt. And I didn't know how to fit all these pieces together. All I knew is I just like life was miserable and I right. hated life. I knew that like, I, if God was real, which I wasn't even sure, it was like, I, I just want to get out of here, wherever I am, and I want to be there. And so when I was about 16 years old, I made the decision to uh, end my life and uh, overdosed on Xanax. Took a ridiculous amount of Xanax and overdosed. And uh, and by God's grace, uh, I was spared that night. I, I, by all accounts, I should have should have died, really. And so, man, I was spared. God was gracious. And, and, and I'm not like super... Uh, uh, seven minutes in heaven, kind of do you know? Like, <laughs> you didn't go to heaven. <laughs> no, I didn't oh. go to heaven. That um, <laughs> oh, But dude. I do. I do. Like it's it sounds ridiculous or weird or, or unbelievable, but in that moment, it did feel like there was a there was a in the moment of just pure chaos and depression and, ang- and you know an- anxiousness and pain. There was just this moment that was so surreal um, where I felt the warmth and love of a father. Like I've never felt like my father to this day has never told me that he loves me. You know, like mm-hmm. so there was just this warmth and this love that that I believe gave me some hope to press on. It was yeah. like, okay, there's something else I'm supposed to be doing here on earth. Yeah. Like I'm you're not gonna let me I can't I can't bounce out. So right. um so that sounds really like out there, far out there. But that, that's, this, that's part of my testimony. And so I woke up uh, the next morning <clears throat> after having a, a serious seizure. Um, my mom couldn't take me to the hospital because she was afraid my dad would beat me if he found out that I tried to kill myself. That's like the kind of crazy household we grew up in. Hmm. And so she, would, she was afraid to let my dad know that I was suicidal because he would have probably beat me. So um, anyways... I felt terrible for the next several weeks. I didn't get my stomach pumped like I should have. It was just, it was rough. Right. And I would like to say that like in that moment, uh, everything changed and I was just like no longer depressed and I just saw the light it was, it was, I was just on fire. That was not the case. So, uh, the next several, really like the next couple of months was just this haunting feeling, uh. God was pursuing me, but I didn't want to submit my life to Him. Right. I knew I was broken over my sin. I had never really truly been regenerate. God was pursuing me, and I kept pulling away. But uh, we would call that irresistible grace, yeah. right? But yeah. uh, I remember just like as clear as it was, I was in the shower, and I just it was just like rattled my brain. I couldn't shake it, and I just fell on the on the ground in the shower and just like cried out like god save me like please save me i'm a that's sinner. such a movie moment. It's it, a it a, was just like it's a pure flicks moment. It is a pure flicks <laughs> moment. And so uh, you know it took it took a long time and and I still struggled with addiction. I still struggle I struggle to this day with depression. Um, but that's that's kind of my testimony and so my wife now of almost 7 years we were friends at the time and she was so, so encouraging and sweet and poured into my life as a, just a godly influence. And, um, we began to date, you know, kind of shortly after that. And, uh, like I said, depression still, still riddled my life for, for even to today, Mm. but it was, it's been gradually different. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. So.
1: Definitely. So yeah, man, that's kind of. We're married now. Me and my wife will have been married for seven years uh, at the end of September, and we are expecting our fourth kid. Yep. So do the math. We uh, we like to do things that make kids. <laughs> oh we God. are about the greatest. Uh, the very first uh, commission God Man, gives. I have to
0: put like an explicit, like, like <laughs> put this under, expl- I'm just joking.
1: We are, uh, we're about being that, you know, like God says, be fruitful and multiply. and hey, that's we're just that's being we're, about the Lord's business. That's, that's right. Good deal. That's right. We're raising, we're discipling kids and
0: it's great. That's awesome. So you talked about obviously like, you know, depression was a big part of your testimony. Um, I mean, one question I get a lot. Um, from people, not directly towards me, but I hear a lot of people talk about this, is like, what can Christians, or should Christians still be depressed today? Like, what's, you know, what are are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that's controversial, uh, even though it shouldn't be. Uh, So I've, I've got friends who are in different denominations than I am, and they are firm believers that once you're saved and you have the Holy Spirit that you don't get depressed. And if you do, it's something you've done wrong right. or, yeah. or you're lacking Jesus, like you need more Jesus. Yeah, um, And that's just simply not grounded in any biblical place that I can yeah. find. And yeah. so if we look to things like the Psalms, the psalmist, not just David, but any of the psalm writers, um, we see times of just anguish and pain. Yeah. We see men who were the most like... Fearful of God, loving of God, David, a man after God's own heart, definitely experiencing turmoil and some brought on by himself. Like, you know, he he goes and makes a big, big mistake and then he suffers consequence and that's an aspect. And then some of it is like his son just like, okay, dad, I'm going to kill you now and take over the (laughs) kingdom. And it's like, you know, some of these anguishes or, you know, Saul is consumed with this evil spirit and pursues him. And, And so some of it is, is brought on internally some of it is external, and, and but we see from there, um, we see Paul writes, and I, yeah. I believe the thorn in his flesh, I'm, I'm of the belief that that very well could have been some, some depression or torn spirit in him. like yeah. you know, Over the sins he's committed towards Christians, over the sins he committed towards Christ, over mm-hmm. the brokenness of who he was, his pride. You know, he talks a lot about his pride. Right, right. Um, and then we flash forward to guys like Luther and Calvin and Zwingli. And, and we look at... Um, Spurgeon. Spurgeon was one of the yeah. most depressed. Like, that dude would probably be hospitalized today. Yeah, for real. But if he was hospitalized, we wouldn't have had all the writings of Spurgeon. Right. And the beautiful... Like, there's stories yeah. of him, like his deacons, like dragging him out of bed because he was so depressed, <laughs> yeah. pulling him to the church, and then they like, preach, because if you don't preach, no one will hear the word. Yeah. And it's like, that's intense.
0: That is intense. And there then, was another word for depression back then. I forgot what the word uh, is. So they
1: call it melancholy, or yeah. they would call it the dark night of the soul.
0: Well, that is, sounds is like, like a metal band, Dark yeah, Night or like or
1: like the latest uh, Batman movie. Yeah, 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 um, yeah Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. So like, melancholy was probably the most common term, yeah. and which sounds like very, it sounds really like uh, less than what it really is. It like like oh, a he's virus. Just, he's melancholy. He's yeah. just a little. He's a little melancholy. Yeah. It's like, dude is ready to end it all, and he's just melancholy. Right. Um, and those are cigars, or, man.
0: That's what it was. Yeah. So it devils.
1: Been... Devils tobacco.
0: Yeah, devil's Stick. Yeah, good grief. That's well, sad. that's another podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I, me and Amy toured the. Uh, we toured Midwestern, and we we stopped by the Spurgeon Library. We got to see his final cigar. Oh, it was wow. the one like in his pocket when he was found dead. He was smoking a cigar, and I guess when he croaked, it it fell in his pocket. <laughs> I oh my god! I think that's what, or he like put it there or something. But he was like smoking it when that's crazy. So <laughs> it's uh. Yeah. Uh, Spurgeon, he's a, he's a good dude. Yeah, yeah um, so depression obviously is something that, you know, if you look in the culture today, you look in around the world, and especially the United States, uh, in, in the Western world, I guess, especially, you see a lot of people dealing with depression. Um, in fact, Amy had a co-worker uh, kill himself, um, mm. commit suicide, and... Um, mm. I've had I've I have a coworker her son committed suicide. I mean this is absolutely a problem in yeah. our culture. Um, I mean I don't know which I didn't we didn't really talk about discussing this. But what do you th- what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Like why do you think that's happening? Like why are people resorting to this? Um, because as someone is I we all struggle with different things. I personally have never struggled with depression. Um, but from your perspective, like why do you think people are doing, doing this?
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard man. I, so so I've lost uh, my grandma committed suicide when mm. I was younger. Um, I lost, I'm trying to think I've lost an aunt to suicide. My cousin um, was found dead. They believe it was suicide a couple of years ago and he was, uh, he was young he was really young. and that really tore our family apart. Um, and his had a lot to do with bullying and some different things like that. And so as far as looking out to the world, it's not just in the secular world. We see it like right. in the Christian world, People Absolutely. committing so pastors committing suicide. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of variables. I think it's some of it is internal. Um, some of it could be chemical imbalance. Some of those things are possible. Right. Uh, I'm a firm believer that we can, like, conclusively, like, we can pull all these things together. We can use all these truths to know some, you know, like, how to combat these things. So, for some, uh, antidepressants really may be the thing that would save their life while they continue to pour in and cling to Jesus. Right. Um, But I say that very cautiously because the best way I've been, I've been, told the way this works right so like when we were in the dark ages or Mm -hmm. middle you know medieval era we were playing with chemistry but it was like chemistry mixed with um like uh oh uh, just like almost like pagan stuff witchcraft or something like kind of alchemy is what it was okay yeah chemistry and alchemy blended we didn't really have like a firm understanding of chemistry Um, We had things we were getting right, but it was almost kind of by accident that we were getting these concoctions right and medicines (laughs) right. Uh, And and so now we have a firm understanding of chemistry. We know chemical compounds and we know all of those things. But the same is true of the brain. So the brain, we're kind of in the dark ages still when it comes to understanding what is a good level for the brain to be at, what is truly healthy. Um, yeah and so it's it's really it's not hard science as much as we want to believe it is yeah so when we get into things like SSRIs serotonin selective serotonin reuptake yeah I didn't even know what that was <laughs> it's an antidepressant you know or we yeah. get into Xanax or we get into uh, these different these different types of antidepressants yeah they do different things so I just want to like clarify that to anyone who might be listening like don't just run out and get an antidepressant right but also don't like hesitate too much if you think like my life is hanging in the balance today, I might end it all. Um, you need to seek help. First, I would say go to your pastor, and right. second, I would say go to a doctor who knows about the brain and and like really consider getting some help because it's it could be dangerous, right? Um, we don't want to see someone in their life, and so so all that to go back to what you were saying, man, like what's the cause? I mean, the cause of sin. Yeah, we we see the fall has corrupted every part of us. Yeah, so we see cancer, we see um, we see like kidney failure, heart failure. We see I mean all like anything you can think of, the body is failing because of sin. Right, and that, that right. starts in the beginning and right outside the garden as soon as God's like, this is what you yeah. did, and this is the consequences. And I think it's a progressive, and so like maybe depending on your eschatology, your post-mill, then it doesn't fit fully. But uh, like yeah, some throw some throw some dirt here, but um, yeah. it, it it seems to be a progressive issue, right? Like right. The, the issues yeah. of depression, and the gravity continue to grow almost worse as the years go on, and so yeah.
0: it's hard to make a you know a concrete. Um, you know, statement on that in terms yes. of like, oh, it's getting worse. We know here are the numbers, boom, yeah, boom, boom. Because no, it's hard to, but it does if, seem like it is. In a, yeah. And
1: if you looked at like the 1300s with like the Black Plague, you oh, know, yeah. like we would have thought that was the end of the world. Right. No, um, for sure. Or you look at World War II, it's like, this is the end of the world. Like, there's always something. But this does seem to be pretty consistent as though it's, it's an internal struggle. Right. It's it's a. I think sometimes it can be something that is demonic. I mean, like I'm not anti. um, I'm not like a, I'm like a soft sensationalist, you know. So like a, like I mean, I believe
0: in demons too, you know. Yeah. I mean, so so, uh,
1: I think a lot of it can be demonic, and some of it can just be like we, like I was saying, like foolishness. Um, People have affairs, or people um, are caught up in whatever situation, like pornography, or whatever, like. These things draw us down, and, and you've got the effects of that sin that right. carries carries over in different ways. And For so, sure, I would say if someone like is asking me why do people commit suicide, it's hopelessness. Yeah, yeah hopelessness. Um, yeah, but even those who know Christ can still experience hopelessness when they are like Peter, who takes his eyes off Christ when he's walking on water. Right, and it's like. The more we divert our eyes from Christ, the more we sink. The more we find ourselves slipping and falling, um, even when we know Christ. And Christ is faithful to keep us. That's the beauty of it. So when it comes to guys that, you know, that's a really heavy theological topic. But guys who our pastors who commit suicide. Yeah, like, yeah. What happens in the last couple minutes or last seconds of their brain? Do they repent as they've, you know, if they've overdosed, do they repent? Yeah. And I, you know, those are like a hairy area to like, to dive into. And I'm not one to draw a hard line there and say, this is yeah, it. Same. Um, but I think like we, we do see like Christ keeping, keeping us. And so, so I, I, I mean, I just think it comes back to a hopelessness, um, the thing that bugs me the most I see people post is like this. Uh, you'll have to correct me. I can't remember the phrase, but it's like uh, ending your life doesn't end the chances of life getting worse, and ends the chances of it getting better or whatever. And it's like the same like phrase people. Yeah, post. yeah. And for me, when I see it, having lived life through dark, dark times, it's like that's so dumb.
0: Like, I see a lot of metal bands, like metal. Yeah, band. like they'll they're, share that stuff with their fans, like yeah. they're wanting to
1: encourage them. And I, I get like the heart, is the yeah. encouragement. Yeah. But it's kinda like if you uh, just found out you have terminal cancer and someone comes up and pats you on the back and says, oh, God's sovereign and it's like that's true. Very much true. It's a really yeah. true statement. But Absolutely. like today I want you to just hold my like hand and cry with, cry with me, with me yeah, and yeah. just tell me like my heart breaks for your heart, God's heart breaks with your heart. Yeah. Like so when I see those statements it's like I, I, I understand the heart behind it. But But is it helpful? Is it helpful? I don't think so. I saw those same exact things on my MySpace when I was a teenager. What's MySpace? MySpace (laughs) was this mystical land uh, (laughs) where you had to build your own page. Like, you had to code it. Yeah. I don't know if you
0: remember all that. Did you have to code it? I mean, I know about MySpace. uh,
1: You could go to, like, secondary um, websites that had, like, background profile backgrounds that you could like steal the codes right, for right 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 yeah I had like the sweetest
0: backgrounds dude is my still top up? 8
1: was always legit
0: I used to have like Jeremy Camp his That's songs top 8? Uh, no, well, oh no like, oh yeah like his songs I'd have his songs like, oh yeah man, man dude, everyone a, knows I, what you're
1: about when they come to your page oh
0: man I was like a huge Jeremy Camp fan back in like 8th grade that was like 2005 2006 man. maybe 2007 yeah. he's a ladies man I don't know about that.
1: Yeah, He's the That's... worship ladies' man. What's that? He was the worship pastor ladies' man. Oh, no. He was the Definitely, stud. definitely
0: not. I yeah. Did he have some good music? He, he really did. did. It actually was very good music, but, I mean, like, all of, like, that type of Christian, like, K-Love type music has just went down the tube. In my <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, John Cooper, man, with that... Did you see what he's? I'm, I'm an official fan of skillet now. Yeah, yeah, I'm, back. yeah I'm back. on skillet. <laughs> I was not a skillet fan since I was like 13.
1: Yeah, and, and then then. John Cooper said that, and I was like, "Yeah, that's 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 solid. Like that's the most right. theologically solid thing I I could have ever expected." I was
0: I was shocked. I was, I was genuinely like, shocked. I was like, "Man, dude." Dude, you're right. You're right. I mean, I think that's well a, written. Yeah, it was well-spoke. Like I mean, it was just it was good, man. It was on yeah on point. On you're point. you're talking about like youth pastor rock. you know, yes. rock, uh, rock star mentality. Like that kind of is similar to like, celebrity culture. It's not exactly the same, but like our celebrities, aka our rock stars. Yeah. Like if we put our hope in them and they fall or they go away or they yeah. stop doing what they're doing. Were then we're lost. Then we're just completely lost and like floundering, right? And that's where I saw a lot of, you know. Um, I mean, we're just being honest here. I I saw a lot of that at, at the church I was at previously. Uh, just just to let y'all know there are kids <laughs> in the house right now, so if you hear any like, My yeah, kids are yeah. roaring. Hey, it's totally and cool. Screaming. It's kind of funny actually, but uh, I, it's, uh, it's a family podcast. <laughs> it's a family podcast yeah. about Yeah. <laughs> Come <laughs> kids! were saying about depression. depression yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, no, like I, I definitely like I saw that a lot at Houston River, like, you know, the whole point of me doing youth ministry there, like, like it was all based on me. Yeah, almost, and that was the problem. Like,
1: and you got to go to every football game. You got to have lunch every day with them. Like, you got to. be the, I have to be
0: these. I, I'm. I was like told parents. Like, I was told, like, you want to be the this. You know this group of students. You want to be their rock. Yeah. You want to be their everything, essentially. You know, yes. in a platonic sense, like a, you yeah. know,
1: and it's just so hard, and it's hard on you. It puts an unnecessary weight on right. like a youth pastor, and it's hard on the kids because then like, you know,
0: I'm not there anymore. And, you're not there. I, I mean, if I, I mean, honestly, like my relationship <laughs> with them was good yeah. to an extent, but it wasn't rock star uh, level, probably. Um, and I mean, they're fine, but, um, you know, you know, like Gracie, I mean, Gracie does things like their youth ministries, our youth ministries really, it, it does things well in that sense. I mean, there's just not one person that,
1: yeah. And there's always room for improvement and there's always ways to, you know, like critique things, but like when sure. it comes to our, our structure, we have like a 20 minute sermon Yeah. and then another 20 minutes in a small group with two other leaders that are like pouring into you. So like the hope is that these kids will reach out to these small group leaders before they ever reach out to the the student director because it's like that guy knows me. He sits with me every week. We have conversations like I've confessed sin to him. I've, you know, talked with him.
0: That's the goal. And it's
1: way less taxing on the student director side of things to not have to like bear these burdens of everyone. Right. Right. And that's like part of ministry is bearing the burdens of people. But but there is a, a way to delegate. We see, like, Moses begins to delegate in, in, uh, in like, the Old Testament. And it's like, <laughs> so many churches don't do that. We have that 80-20 split. Like, right. 20% do the work, 80, oh, yeah. 80% sit. And that's the, the beauty, like, of our church. You know, I don't want to brag on our church too much and give Aaron a big head. Sure, you, but, can't. you know not Not Aaron. It's not Aaron. That's doing Aaron that. and Landon will get a big head here. But, uh, but no, I mean, the beauty is, like, we encourage serving and we I don't know what, we don't do anything special or guilt people. It's just a culture. It's just a culture. It's just the culture of it. And yeah. so, like, we have, like, a 90% served rate. It's, like, an insane, I don't know, I think it's, like, 90%. That's all, The that's people awesome. that serve that are members. Um, and then we have people, like, wanting to serve, and we're like, you need to join so you can serve. And they're like, oh, sign me up, you know? Yeah, like they yeah. want to serve. So, it's just this weird culture that if you come, like, I came from a similar background as you, and yeah. it's just, like... Wow, you mean I can just give this job to somebody and they can take the reins and run, and all I got to do is make sure they don't derail?
0: And like that is my job—is right. to like help people grow in ministry. Like, right, that's way easy. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, like, like going to Glorietta, seeing all the adults that were serving there. I mean, yeah. all of them that were there were pretty much probably going to be. I would say like those are the ones that the adults in the student ministry that are doing the small groups and stuff. Yes. And I, yeah, yeah, it, it was really cool to see that. Like, the students respected them. The students um, just, they had relationships, with not just Landon, but it seemed like all of the adults in general. Oh, yeah. Um, obviously, some more than others. And, yeah, and um, some of those kids have been around longer. You know, right. but, but, no, there's something really neat. Um,
1: my little brother was leaving and moving to Oklahoma with my mom um, this last year. And, and so I was walking down the hallway to the kids' area, mm-hmm. and I saw them in the small group. And they were all surrounding my little brother and praying. over Oh, That's him. awesome. So I snapped the picture, and it was just like this really like beautiful moment where no one else knew I was taking a picture. But like uh, his small group leaders, the the older gentlemen in the in there with him, and they're like dads. Like they're like in their thirties and forties, and so right. they're not like a twenty year old trying to like like a big brother coaching a kid. It's like an right. actual dad teaching a kid. Right. Um, and it was just this really cool moment where I snapped a picture, and I was like this is like the cool. purity of what yeah. we're doing. Like we've got, and I'm not having to do it. And Landon's not having to do it. Like the small group leaders and the students right. are doing it. And right. like that's, it was just good. That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. great. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, so I know we kind of, we did do a little, tri- uh, rabbit, rabbit, rabbit chasing. Yeah. That's, that's totally cool as, I mean, people that listen to this, they expect it. <laughs> they expect that rabbit, ch- uh, chasing. Um, but, um, to kind of go back to depression, kind of maybe close up that topic and move on to our, oh, yeah. our final one. Um, you know, depression is something every—I'm not going to say every Christian. I don't know if that's fair to say if every Christian will ex- either experience it or go through be it or, touched or, by it or, or touch exactly, right.
1: yeah. Whether it's them or, or yeah. someone they know, yeah.
0: yeah. So if someone will co- or come up, would come up to you and say, "How do I? I'm, I'm depressed. How do I?" fix this
1: um
0: that's tough yeah that's i know (laughs) i still battle
1: with depression and i haven't fixed it it, you know like doing the quote unquote fingers here yeah uh, yeah like it's it's something like it's it's a it's a manageable thing right? right um but i think that there's i think there's value in your suffering um every bit of suffering so whether that's cancer one day for you or it's um, the loss of your spouse, whatever that may be, there's value in the suffering that you experience. And so I've gone through seasons of being on antidepressants because I, it was a necessary thing. I've gone through seasons of not being on antidepressants because I wanted to press into the Lord more. And I knew like my life wasn't in imminent danger or anything. It was just a state of melancholy, a state of, of sorrow. Right. And so, if someone came to me, I would encourage them, one, it may never go away. You may be sad. You may be depressed forever. Like, you right. don't know. We don't know. Um, but, there is hope, and that's at the cross. And, there's really practical things, but like, just initially, like saying, um, pour into... Christ. Just just lay your your heart at the altar. Um, at home, at church, wherever I would say like be continuing to 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 just cry out. There's there's like the psalmist writes continually about the groanings of his spirit. Like this deep like you don't even have words for like Psalm, I think one like like hundred and something, I don't know. Right. Anyway, he like, he's, this is groans of the spirit. Like I can't even express with words. It's just like an anguish. Yeah. Um, God understands your heart. And so that would be an encouragement that I would want to give to somebody is, is you do have a father if you are saved. Right. So that's a different subject if you're not yeah. saved. Yeah, definitely. But if you are in Christ, God knows your heart. God cares about your heart. We see scriptures that God, um, Knows every tear you shed, uh, that he he has every tear you've shed. Um, your sorrow is serious to God, and so that that's a that's something you should take seriously. Yeah, your sorrow is serious to God. The one who created the stars and the galaxies, and he like started everything we have, we see mm-hmm. in motion, mm-hmm. and the grass, and yep. like like all the finite things and all the massive things. Right, but he cares about your heart. And, like, your heartaches, whether that's you just got laid off or whatever. Right. Every little thing. Um, and then I would encourage people to pour into the Psalms because, like, that's the most, <laughs> that is the most clear, uh, like, relatable text you could grab. Like Ecclesiastes. That might
0: do you in. <laughs> I don't
1: know. That might be, like, the worst. <laughs> Everything is meaningless. Yeah, I'm just Read joking. that on a good day when you're on on top of cloud nine and you're, like, you know, on your game and then you can get some perspective the other direction. But when you're really depressed, Ecclesiastes might not be the one. (laughs) Uh, So yeah. Yeah. If you're depressed, don't read Ecclesiastes today. Um, (laughs) That might be bad.
0: You're going to be going to read Ecclesiastes. That's what they do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So pour into the Psalms, man. We see the Psalmists are always expressing their heartache. That, that was one of the things when I was a teenager that a young girl came to me and she said, Hey, um,
0: I don't know why, but God just
1: laid it on my heart to share with you Psalm 42 and 70, and like I think that you would benefit from those, so go read them. You know, it's just like that's ah, weird, you know, like like this is kind of strange, but sure, I'll go read it. And it it's the Psalm, you know, as the deer pants for the water, so my yeah. heart longs for you, oh God. Yeah. Um, and then Psalm 70 is very much the same aspect. It's and so there's a model in that that I think. I've taught through those psalms before, and I think that that's a model we should follow. And and so to wrap that up, like we see the psalmist crying out, he's crying out, crying out, crying out. All these heartaches. Like, yeah. I'm far away from my place of worship. I'm far away from you, O God. My enemies pursue me. Like all these things, and then he turns around and he just declares what is true about God. Right. So he 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 is like, this is all my complaints, and this is what I actually feel. Now, I'm going to tell my heart what it yeah. needs to feel. And so, if you're depressed and you're in Christ, express those heartaches to God and then turn around and express to your heart the truths that you know are true in Scripture that God yeah. is a God of grace and mercy and, and, and that righteousness is, is coming and justice is coming. Just, injustice has happened to you, and justice is coming either in this life or the next um, if someone's harmed you, whatever the case. Justice will come, and so, so yeah. I mean, I would say that. I'd say pour into the Psalms, but use that model as a perfect. That's a perfect model. And then there's books, you know, like that are helpful. Uh, Spurgeon's Sorrows is a really, really good book. If his is too hard to read, um, because he's (laughs) it's an older book. Um, Piper wrote a book that's really it's like seventy pages, and it's called uh, When the Darkness Doesn't Lift. I read that.
0: Really short, but it's really, really good. Um, James my, White has a good book. James White has a really good book on suffering. Yeah, yeah. I forgot the name of it, but look up James White, um, book on suffering. Just look that up. I've, I don't have it. I've just heard yeah. it. it's a really, really good book. Uh, I'm going to recommend that one. Yeah, cause... there's a there's a lot of good books
1: uh, about depression and about you know how the Christian can combat depression or, right. or you know find hope in your depression. Um, yeah, lean on your it's, local church. I mean, that's Yeah, a... if you have a... You need a local church if you're a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> if you need to up to the local church, yeah. and you have... In the years past, and like a hundred years ago, we wouldn't have seen counselors and therapists. Nope. Because the pastor would have operated in that role. Right. Uh, and the pastor still does operate in that role. Should I think we're... people just don't realize it. Most yeah. pastors are still operating in a counselor-therapist role, People just don't realize, and so yeah, you know, there needs to be more of an understanding. Like that's what your pastor is; he's not here just to preach one day a week to you. Yeah, like he he's about your body, like your body and mind and soul, and, and like shepherding you and guiding you. And so, um, like you're if you have a pastor that's willing to do that, then you need to you need to sit with yeah, him and definitely let him encourage you. Um, definitely. So yeah, man. There, there's 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 a plethora of books, but I would say. Piper's or, or White's books or Spurgeon's books. All those would be solid, yeah, solid books to, to find and and to read. Um, my goal, because depression has been a, a part of my life since I was young, like 10 years old. yeah. Um, my goal long term is to, especially like last year, I, I really suffered a I really, just kind of like this severe bout of depression for probably two or three months. And I found myself in the same dark place that I was when I was 16. Hmm. And I had a hope this time in Christ, but it was still like this just really rough place. And so hmm. um, getting out of bed, like going to the gym, all those things were just impossible. It just felt impossible. And so my hope is to, over the next year or so, build a, I don't want to say interactive, but like I want to build something that would be almost like a, an audio setup to where I could encourage people that are like they're, when you're that depressed, it's like reading is impossible. Yeah, and so maybe if all you can do is listen, then I want to give you a platform where you can just listen to some encouragement, mm-hmm. and then follow that up with audio Bible. So mm-hmm. kind of an intro, like you know, uh, a devotion. Yeah, yeah. And then audio Bible. Like if you're oh. just if you're too weary to even pick up your Bible and read it. Right. Um, yeah. To, I'm trying to work on that. I don't know what it's going to look like exactly, but. As kind of lofty, cool. but like, yeah, I want to have like a little app, something that it would be free, but it would be something that you could just pick it up and it's like you know, 30 days of devotions with audio Bible afterwards. And you can, if you're just too depressed to even pick yeah. your Bible up, that would be hopefully a, a help to somebody. Yeah, so yeah, that's awesome that's awesome we'll stay tuned for that one that's, yeah definitely I'll, little I'll, little I'll definitely for, I'll, I'm kind of busy you guys i be my so. first advertiser I, or I could
0: be your avat- yeah <laughs> your uh, uh, advertisement whatever. plug me every episode that <laughs> yep. works yep for sure um, so uh, kind of wrapping up um, you um, we were talking about this earlier just about family worship and stuff like that family worship I, I'm pretty um, I don't want to say I I know what it is conceptually, but like, so like if you could <clears throat> explain like what is your idea of family worship and like how, how would you advise people to set this up within their families, whether it be just a couple or married, you know, family, of like 10, 20 kids or whatever. 20 kids. <laughs> is just, a lot uh, of kids. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean like that's
1: a lot of kids. That is. Uh, <laughs> your brother does not Oh man. Um, so, Family Worship, there's a little book that I have by Donald Whitney. Oh, and yeah. He's a solid writer. Right. I think he's an
0: Anglican. No, he's, um, I'm pretty, no, he's Southern Baptist. He teaches he? Southern. Yeah, because I have his book on uh, spiritual disciplines.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Maybe
0: I'm thinking of someone
1: else. But either way, Donald Whitney's the one who wrote the book that, uh-huh. that I have. It's called Family Worship. And right. So, it's a really short book. It's maybe like 100 pages. It's not, like, intense. But he just kind of lays out... Um, the scriptural mandate, and it's not like a command. Mandate's probably not the right word, but the, just the scriptural structure that we see, or, or like guidelines for family worship that go all the way back to Moses and Abraham, yeah. and, and yeah. like this model that's given to us to have these elements in our family time. And so, the three elements that he would say. So, so the two elements we don't do in family worship at home when I do family worship with our kids, we don't do baptism because that's for the local body to all bear witness to. Amen. We don't do communion because that's for the elders to, you know, to, to give out to the local body. Only. Only. Yeah. Elders only. only. Elders only to
0: the local body. In the body. church
1: only. Yes.
0: Just want to emphasize that. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Right, so, cool.
1: so I, I mean, like, Hypothetically, if you're in prison somewhere and it's you and a couple of dudes, and you want to take communion together, and you're in, like you're a, right, you right. know you know being persecuted, like I, I, there's there's a way around this this thought. But I'm saying as a general rule, we don't take communion, we don't do baptisms. That's not something. That's something for the local body. Right. Right. Um, but the elements that we should do on a regular basis would be uh, prayer. Mm-hmm. It would be singing, so praises. And it would be reading the word. So those are the three elements we've incorporated into our family worship. That's what Donald Whitney gives guidelines to and says right. these are the most, this is this is it. So like a, you've done a podcast about regulative principles mm-hmm. of worship. And yeah. so it's like similar to that. We would see the regulative principles. Family worship is more free. Like you can do whatever order you want. But these are the elements that should belong in a family's right. worship. And right. so... Worship is not just singing. Everyone thinks that. So when you see like someone's bio on their page and it's like I'm a worship pastor and they just lead music, it's like you're a music director yeah. who leads people in the worship through song. So, and you're you're saying this as someone as you know I'm a I'm a a do praising worship don't not, say praise not and worship. Yeah, that's what that's. This the is exactly not Hillsong. <laughs> it's it's I, so yeah. I, I I love to lead people in praise. I love to lead people in worship through song. But I'm not a worship leader. Like that's not. Yeah. That's it's it, it's just I think it's just a. a weird term. It's a it's a foul of words I guess right yeah. you know so it's it's a pet peeve kind of it's music so, minister that's what I said just, just, music, music, music minister yeah, yeah that works so music um, pastor or whatever so yeah like a, a typical structure for us and I think this could be incorporated to married without kids married kids out of the house whatever yeah um, but on a typical night for us we do this almost every night. And I think there's flexibility to this. I don't want people to think it's really rigid. I think that we should like. I think schedules are good. So I think having a ritual, having like a regular routine, is good for right. you. Especially like for me, struggling with depression, routine is actually good for me. Um, but I, I don't want people like if you're chasing your kids from ball game to ball game, and you're trying to like juggle life, and you're working different schedules than your spouse and. Right. Find time for this and find a way to fit this into your life. But for us, this is how we do it. So that's just like a clarification. But for us, we would come together. I get home from work, whatever time that might be. It's always different because I'm bivocational. So some days I'm like way far away painting a house. And like some days I'm like cutting down a giant tree. (laughs) Like It just varies every day. So um, I get home we'll eat dinner together and then we'll play this game we learned from some friends called High Low. <laughs> okay. So we ask our kids, what was your high today and what was your low? And just like, what was the thing that was exciting or fun or that you enjoyed and what's the thing that you didn't enjoy? And this kind of gives us the opportunity to like prod into their life. Like, so yeah. why is it that that made you sad today? Um, it kind of gives us an in uh, an to be able to discuss things and, and help them prioritize what really is valuable. And then... From there, we'll go into our more focused, like family worship, and so we'll read the Bible. We read uh, Catherine Vos has a children's story Bible. It's pretty, it's big. It's like a big blue book. Mm-hmm. But if you are looking for something like bigger for a little bit older kids, it's like perfect. We will also read the uh, Jesus Storybook Bible that we get. We give that. By. About, uh, I can't remember who it's by. Is it jo- Jones? something jones um i think so I, it's not the it's not the crazy one it's not like the it's a solid one it's a really christocentric okay um uh, like you know like typology like uh i have, have to get uh, it's really solid like every single story in that one is really short yeah, yeah. but all of them end with um like the story of david it's like but a, a greater warrior was going to come and like a yeah. greater savior was coming and like every so, not story... teach you to be like you're David. Yes, exactly. It Does not you're teach not you. David. You're not David. I'm telling my little kids you're not David. <laughs> uh, so we read that one on occasion with them too. But they're kind of getting older, so they like a little more in depth. And so this yeah you know, Catherine Voss story Bible really good. Um, so we'll read. Any then, systematic theology books yet? No. Oh, no, no. no, right. I mean, like... I'm just joking. I mean, Grudem's is coming, you know, Grudem Systematic. How about the instance of the Christian religion? Well, we have it at home, but it's just a heavy... <laughs> I'm like, just... It's yeah, a paperweight I'm right now. Yeah. No, that makes uh, sense. It's great. Frames will be next, so... Yeah, you know. but... Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so we do we do the story Bible time, or we'll do one of those Bibles, or sometimes uh, we'll just mix it up, and I'll just read the proverb of the day, like everyday Christian ought to do. like. Yeah. You know, it's it's whatever. It's the twenty fifth, so we're gonna read the twenty fifth (laughs) proverb until we get to the seventh proverb, I believe is what it is, where it talks about the uh, tempting woman. Then we just skip that one with the kids because that's just a little more dialogue than I care to have right now. So, Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll read, and then we'll pray, and we'll pray for uh, our family. We'll pray for friends. We'll kind of we use that time to pray for everyone that we can think of that we need to pray for. Uh, We encourage our kids to pray and they're young and and they're not they've not made professions of faith but we're just trying to teach them this is what prayer looks like and yeah. so we encourage them to pray and then we'll sing at the very end which is really awkward cuz we don't have any instruments it's not anything like cool but we'll just sing together and so right now our kids are young i've got a 5-year-old a 3-year-old and a almost 2-year-old <laughs> and so Two of them sing, but they don't sing well and they don't remember all the words. So we'll sing the doxology, and oh. they know that by heart. So today, when we sang the gospel doxology at yeah. the end of service, they knew it. They were singing, and then they got to the the other verses, and they were like, "What's wrong with this what, song? This, this is isn't the one we do up. at home. Yeah, this like is messed up." They're looking at like my wife, like, "This isn't the one we do at home. This is wrong." <laughs> it's, but uh, they, we sing the doxology every single night, and then we've started to try to incorporate other songs like uh, Nothing But The Blood or, you know, just like kind of hymns. Yeah. And so that's what we do really every night. And and it's, I can't even express, man. It's just been so, it felt so awkward to start to do it. It Did not feel normal. Right. Um, Yeah. It just felt lame. Felt like a really lame thing to do. But as we've been doing it, our kids are so excited. Every night it's like, we can't go to bed without doing our Bible reading and our song. Like we can't go to bed without singing our yeah, song. And, yeah. And like the doxology, like what better song to sing with your kids for them right. to learn. Um, and, and they ask questions, you know, like that are hard to navigate. Like, why did he kill his brother? You know, like, <laughs> like, you know, why did she put a, a tent stake through his uh, temple? You know, like we're reading that story and it's like, that's a pretty heavy topic, son. <laughs> Like Aaron? <laughs> yeah. Like this is a little rough one to walk through, but like there they're, they're yeah. there's so much happening in their brains. And I and I believe too, like, that God is just doing something I can't even see yeah. in their hearts. Um and I'm not a like I'm a covenantal guy, but not like a Presbyterian covenantal guy. I'm like a so so, like good a time. kind, of Reformed
0: Baptist covenantal guy. You, you did the most reforming. Yes. Like you see yeah. Presbyterians. They didn't reform enough. That's right. See, that's, they're not yeah, reforming yeah. enough. See, they tell us we're not reformed. That's what <laughs> it is, man. I like, that's a good I'm, comeback. I'm just, I, I'm kind of joking. Kind of not. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are that are Presbyterian, um, and uh, they're they're great dudes. I, I, love, them. I, yeah, love, I love Presbyterian. Presbyterian. They're
1: yeah. rowdy and...
0: Awesome. Yeah, they can drink and... They can do all the... Which is a sin, by the way. They it's, do it's, all the fun It's stuff. a sin. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to leave that
1: yeah yep. um so yeah, I mean that's what family worship looks like for us, and Donald Whitney lays out some different uh, models or whatever. He lists a lot of stories which are helpful yeah, uh, one of them was I think it was Jonathan Edwards. I mean it was Jonathan Edwards or some it was one of those guys, one of the church fathers. His dad was a missionary, and there was a woman in the town who was coming to curse them because they were in like a like a village like a yeah, like a foreign yeah. village. And she came to curse them at night, and uh, she crept up on his window, and they were praying together, like fervently praying for that witch in the city. And she was terrified because she said every time he prayed, his God was powerful enough to answer his prayers. And so she didn't curse him that night. She left in fear. And then about like three months later or four months later, you have to correct me if we read this later and find it out, but like four months later, she made a profession of faith. She got saved. Um, wow. but she was just This is crazy. Jonathan Edwards? I think it was Jonathan Edwards' dad. Oh his dad. Um, and wow. there's just journal entries. It's one of those guys. It was one of the church fathers. Um but like there's just this, this really interesting like Spurgeon yeah. would do like a two hour family worship every night. And he Man. said like it's good for it's good to do one family worship a day, but if you can you should do two a day. And it's like I don't even know who has four hours a day but like these people would just pour their hearts out to the lord yeah. and, and sing praises and um, i think right. it's just a lost it's just a lost thing that we don't do
0: it's becoming more popular
1: but it is become and, and i think there's a fad to it that's dangerous like it's not something you should do just flippantly yeah. like i didn't start doing family worship i read that book and it was not even it was about a year later before we began to do it And it was really like just us reading scripture and then praying. And I was like, singing is lame. I'm not going to sing to my kids. Yeah. Um, Even though I sing like every Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it was just like, this is just cheesy. It's different. Um, Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, you know, there may be a day where like my hands are just not going to work anymore. And I can't play a guitar and I can't play a piano or whatever. And singing, my voice is all I'm going to have. And so let's just teach these kids to sing. Like there's no shame in just singing. And so we just started doing it a couple months ago. We've been doing it for a few months now. And it's just been such a, it's just a blessing, man. It's been a yeah. real, real okay. blessing to do family worship. That's awesome. Something I think everyone should prayerfully consider right. how they should do it. Yeah. And so if you're chasing kids from ballgame to ballgame, maybe you're doing that in the car while you're in traffic, whatever that might right, look like. Right. But you need to, your kids need to see you worship. Mm-hmm. and they need to see you devoted to, to the Lord as well. I mean, there's just like uh, statistics we see now, like yeah. really clear. Like kids who have been sitting in service with their parents when they were teenagers on, um, seeing their parents worship and things like that, they have a higher retention rate in the church. Um, there's just so much of that. And so that's why at Graceview now we have our kids. That's part of why at Graceview now we have our kids sit in during the time of uh, – praise when we sing together and then they leave to go do their own Bible study but they sit with their parents to watch their parents sing and yeah. praise and it's just this like we're, we're trying that's intentional that wasn't yeah. just like hey we need to kill some time with kids <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. We're,
0: we're intentional in that it, yeah and that was, so that's great so yeah man awesome man that was awesome um, definitely much better than I could have I mean, honestly, that was new for me too. Like, just family worship is not something that Amy or I. I'm just being honest. We're not doing that. And um, I'll give you
1: the book; it's good.
0: Yeah, I need to. I need to look into that more, just to because uh, that's just something I've thought about and you know, just considered. And not because it's a fad, but I, I, you know, the kind of the breaking point for me on this on that topic was me and Amy. We went to to Kansas. To visit some family. That's when we went to Midwestern in Chicago and stuff this past summer. And we are with my family cousins. Um, uh, I have a cousin up there that uh, she's married. Um, it's Lee and Adam is their name. And um, they have uh, some kids and, and we were staying with them. They, they live on a military base and uh, really interesting. To get to see their military, the military life. And yeah. honestly, every time I've seen them, it's weird. They've, come to me like I, like to my family's house Like so okay. like back in DeRitter they would come there for Christmas and Thanksgiving and special events yes and stuff they're like in that. your element yeah and I would their element for the first time in my 26 years of living like seeing them in their space and then I didn't know this about them and they don't talk, just talk about it to everyone but they do a time of family worship and it was awesome and like we got to be a part of it and we got to sing with them we got to pray with them got to hear scripture with them. They, they listen to scripture together. Okay, okay. And, um, and so it was just a blessing. And I was like, I felt convicted, like a lot of conviction there. I was like, I need to, we need to start looking at this more and, and considering this. So this is, yeah. I didn't, it wasn't, we weren't planning this, but that's just, no, it's that, good, man. And
1: it's hard to like when me and my wife, the four kids, like, um, there was a push from, from her because of the culture we have in Christianity. Like, she felt like this, like draw or this desire, or that it was a void if we didn't pray together, like every single night. Like there was, yeah. there was something there, and some of that I think is just we get projected on, like this idea of what Christian marriage looks like. Um, but I, I, you know, I denied my wife of some of those things for a few years, and it was really uh, a shame. Yeah because we missed out on some beautiful time together before kids ever came into the picture. And so I would encourage you to, to continue to study. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I wrote it out of like kind of just the way I'm, I never would have done this years ago. Like I, I mean, yeah. I've been different dude now. Like I'm more, I'm still kind of frazzled most days, but I'm right, put right. together than I've ever been. It's so like I put right. together like a liturgy, like shot family worship liturgy, like Damn. what our liturgy will look like continually. Yeah, And so, um, yeah. So yeah, prayerfully consider what that definitely, would look like for def- you Well soon. I'll
0: definitely have start with some conversations with Amy about this in the future. And I'm saying on the podcast, so I have to do this. You have to do it. Like, i hold you accountable yeah, now. Exactly. It's on tape. <laughs> Oop, delete. delete. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just yeah. Um well dude um I know it's it's already been like an hour or so or almost an hour, uh, a little less, so um I kinda figured it was gonna get this because just when we start talking. I'm a this. Man, sorry. Uh, no, no, it, no, it's good. I'm just like, you know, I know you have your kids, they probably need to get to bed and oh, stuff. Yeah. So, we're gonna let's uh call it for now, but I'll have to have you on again. Um, I need to do one with you, Aaron, and Landon. That's that's my dream.
1: That'll be so a little, I, that's some serious banter that'll happen there. I, I have, I, I will basically get grilled for however long of an episode that is. They'd like to, I, gotta, I gotta set
0: this up. I'm yeah. gonna like get a group message with all of y'all and be like, they call what? me the the of the group, the sensi, I was a that? sensitive guy. Dude, me too. We're both sensitive. Dude, we're... You see, I get picked on for that. I get night, picked though. on all the time. See, see, we're sensitive. It's like, it just hurts my feelings when they pick on me. I know. And Aaron's probably going to listen to this later, and he's yeah. going to hear that, and he's going to laugh, but... Aaron will listen to my podcast. He will. He will. He'll probably listen to this one. Because he'll put my name on it. Oh, dude. He'll be, oh, like, he'll be dude, like, I wonder what Dawson uh, said about dude, me. Dude, you think... I'm going to have you on, and I'm not going to put your name on it. I'm going to tag you from here to kingdom come. <laughs> I'm going to, like... Dawson. Uh, a, you know, tell me how you... Okay, your last name is interesting. How do you say it exactly? So I just it's want to,
1: S-C-H-O-T-T. Yeah. It's Schott.
0: Schott. Okay. I just want to so make sure it's a German Schott. name. Okay. Shot. kind Schott. of
1: like it would be like Smith or Johnson or something like that in Germany. Um, like it's just all over the place in yeah. Germany. Yeah. But uh, I mean like you could put a little more of a rough accent on it to make it German. But it's just Schott. Yeah,
0: we, me and Amy know some Germans. Um, they call them, they call themselves germs. Apparently, oh so, uh, germs. But um, yeah, uh, international stu- or um, not international students. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, exchange students. Exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her family's done exchange student programs, and they've had a lot of Germans. So, but yeah, man, thanks for coming on. Appreciate well, thanks it. for
1: having me, man. It was a pleasure. And um, and I mean, if anyone's listening to this and you're struggling with depression or whatever the case may be. I just want to yep. encourage you guys to, to pour into the Lord, to find a local body that will love you guys and minister to you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's hope. Yep.
0: There's hope in Christ. And,
1: definitely. And family worship is good for you.
0: Yep, definitely. So that's, definitely absolutely.
1: that's all i got to say about that. <laughs>
0: Amen. Well, thank you all for listening. I um, hope you guys have a wonderful week. God bless.